Beauty Marketing Podcast with me, Kira Lynch. And me, Sarah Collins. Fab. So yeah, we're back. We're on episode number seven of season one. Sarah, how have you been finding it? How's your week been? What have you been up to? My week's been, it's been a mix of kind of spending time with family, spending time with friends and that kind of thing, going for walks. And it, it, it actually has also been busy enough with work as well which has been good I've just been doing a lot of research I think lately more so than anything just into different topics and stuff and I've been spending a lot of time doing that I think August is a really good month to kind of prep yourself and get it's kind of like the back to school you know the few weeks leading up to a new season starting so that's kind of what I've been doing I've just been kind of taking it easy but also just easing myself back into what is going to be a really busy Q4. How's yours been? Yeah week has been good. I am trying to just work out a little bit more be a little bit healthier so I've been I went to the gym five times last week which is unheard of for me. Unheard of. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. But then I was getting these strange, like I would work out and then afterwards I would get these strange like cramps in my stomach. Okay. And I didn't really know what they were. At first I got really excited and I was like, oh my God, that's that's abs forming. (laughs) (laughs) And then I kind of looked into it and I think it's actually one of those things if you don't drink enough water, which I think we spoke about in a previous episode or else I had this conversation with, with somebody else. If you don't drink enough water... And then you work out, You it's kind of like just a small little cramp in your yeah. stomach. So I think the lesson here is just to try drink a little bit more water, which I'm not great at. I, I'm not great at either. I remember last week on the meeting, you saw me chugging down like this massive two liter thing of water. I'm trying to yes, get back I into did. it, but it's so hard. It's it is so really hard. hard. Do you know what it is as well? It's like I just get so constant, like I concentrate so much on the tasks that I'm doing that like even if I've made a coffee or a tea, they don't get finished either. Like, they, you know, it's like three no, quarters full and they're just freezing. So, yeah, water isn't really like high on the priority but I'm gonna try and make it. That's what we were doing. We were talking about it in our team meeting. Yeah, we were. <laughs> I just was like, we must have spoken about it on the pod. No, we spoke about it on our weekly team meeting so yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna try do you try and go for the the two liters a day is that the goal yeah I try to I just but it's really bad because like I'll start off in the morning with maybe one glass of water and then it'll get to like four or five and I'm like oh no I need to get the two liters in so I just start downing it all yeah it's it's really bad I need to try and get into a better routine of like having a couple of classes in the morning then the afternoon then the evening instead of just yeah. trying to finish it all in the evening and then you're up and down to the toilet during the night oh god yeah um you know I ha- I actually have one and I'm I'm like they're great and I don't use it but also I just find it's, yeah. it's quite bulky but you can get the actual two liter size bottles on Amazon like um reusable ones Ooh. so then you have it all and then it does time slots so it kind of says like by 10 a.m okay. you should be here on the bottle by 1 p.m you should be here that's a really good way of kind of tracking it throughout the day if you are kind of getting to three o'clock and you're like oh my god I've not had a single glass of 
<laughs> yeah, that that could be really handy. But in saying that, I actually have no clue where my bottle is. So make oh. of that what you will. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so today's topic, I'm gonna. I think we should dive straight into it because we've got so much to talk about. But when we launched Branding Beauty, one of the things that we said that we would do is actually a few more case studies. And today we're going to do our first one. This was a bit of a random pick. We kind of just went with a, a brand. Um, and But one that we've been around, that has been around for a while now. So Elf Beauty. Sarah, what has been your experience with Elf Beauty so far? Do you shop them? Do you, like, do you use any of their products? I've had two products from them like years ago. I had this, it was actually a really, really good foundation. It was like, really really high coverage I remember I had that I also tried one of their primers I know their primers like in this day and age are supposed to be insane back then they yeah. weren't as amazing as they probably are now but I don't tend to reach for them a lot I don't know why have you ever shopped from them do you know what I'm the same as you it's the primer there and I think that's kind of what everyone that's the one that everyone kind of talks about and raves about I think it's the yeah. poreless putty primer yeah I think I've just used that one and also I think when I picked it up I was living in Dublin at the time which is quite a while ago like we're going back like 10 years yeah. and I remember at the time it felt like they were a very like a US based brand and I was like oh, there wasn't many places to like buy it but then I think they launched them yeah. in Primark slash pennies uh depending on where you're based and I remember like going into pennies and being like oh my god because I was a poor student at the time and it was so inexpensive and that really appealed to me at the time but yeah I used the the primer and I remember really really loving it what I really like about the brand as well is that their prices really haven't changed since they started mm. like I remember years ago looking you know because when you are like in school and stuff you're careful with what you spend your money on so I remember the prices being really affordable back then and they haven't changed at all today whereas a lot of other brands probably have gone up in price quite a bit I think Elf is one of those brands that have really remained the same over the years yeah definitely and I mean there's so much to talk about and it actually wasn't something that I kind of realized how innovative they are until I was kind of doing some research for this episode so yeah we're gonna do a little bit of a deep dive into Elf a little bit of their marketing strategy looking up their social media strategy and talking about some of their more viral campaigns as well so yeah I had a lot of fun actually researching for this episode um we did mention last week it's something that we're going to do a little bit more of so for sure we definitely will do the charlotte tilbury one um a little bit later in the series but yeah we thought we would like mix in another one there for the moment so yeah i'll kind of like go through a little bit of their background um and we can talk about maybe some of their history and innovations then. So Elf Beauty, also known as Elf Cosmetics, which stands for eyes, lips and face, is a prominent cosmetics and beauty brand that has gained a significant recognition for its high quality yet affordable product. Even just that line kind of reminds me of 
Desiem and The Ordinary, I feel like they're the new innovator of like more modern times or like the last 10 years. Um, I don't know if that kind of mm. rang true for you as well. But yeah, definitely for me, which would be such another interesting brand to do a case study on. But yeah, maybe for for a later date but yeah stands for eyes lips and face so it was founded in 2004 by joseph shama and scott vincent borba my apologies if any names were uh, mispronounced there uh the company has its headquarters in oakland california um and the brand's mission is to provide innovative beauty products at prices that are accessible to a wide range of consumers the brand's focus on combining quality affordable and inclusivity has contributed to the success in such a competitive beauty industry which I think even launching a brand with that mission and as you said is still very much true today in 2023 is kind of unheard of because a lot of brands can tend to lose sight of their original mission and kind of go with where the trends are but yeah I think Elf Beauty have followed trends but not necessarily dampening like the quality of of their products which is great. No. Sarah do you want to talk us through some of the history of the brand? Yes I actually found this part really interesting when we were going through the notes for this I thought it was really really cool. So I guess from kind of 2004 to 2010 looking at the beginnings of the brand and its online presence Elf Beauty was, as we said, founded with the vision of disrupting the beauty industry by offering products that were high quality and affordable. And as we said, I mean, it's definitely stayed the same over the last few years. It hasn't changed at all, really. The brand started by selling its products exclusively online, which allowed them to minimize overhead costs and then pass on the savings to customers which I really really like and then this direct I guess to consumer approach resonated with budget conscious beauty enthusiasts I think this is really really smart like they're helping Mm. the brand themselves but they're also helping the consumer and the customer and they're keeping them engaged they're keeping them interested I really really like that approach that they've taken and I don't think in this day and age we see a lot of brands still doing that I mean I might be wrong maybe you have Kira, but I haven't I think it's um probably a little bit truer for brands that are launching now because you know indies and startups I think it's a little bit more acceptable that you might not find an indie brand in a retailer for example but I think that is definitely their goal is to get into like your big space NKs and you know your Brian Thomases of the world but I think it was quite innovative for 2004. It was I I mean 2004 doesn't even seem it seems very long ago but it kind of doesn't in a way as well I guess they're still very much a new-ish brand yeah a modern brand yeah absolutely so then from 2011 to 2015 they kind of looked at retail expansion how can they get into different stores and how can they become more inclusive so elf beauty expanded its reach by entering retail partnerships with major drugstore chains like boots retailers like pennies and that made their products more accessible to a wider audience and the brand's commitment to inclusive inclusivity became evident as they offered a diverse range of shades and products suitable for various skin tones and types and I think again 
they did stand out here a lot because even in this day and age, there are still a lot of brands that don't have a wide range of skin tones and they don't really take into account all the different skin tones that we have now in their foundations, mm. their concealers. Even if you look at like bronzers and blushes, there's still a huge market there for bringing out products to kind of cover a wide range of skin tones. And I think e.l.f. were probably ahead of the game there. Yeah, absolutely. And this kind of reminds me of a story that I heard from somebody recently of kind of just looking like honing into the in inclusivity factor, especially when it comes to the cosmetics industry and Chanel Beauty. This is like, like, like kind of insider information. I probably shouldn't know this, but okay. um, a friend of mine, her sister is a makeup artist and she went for a role at Chanel and um she is a a white woman um and then what they decided to do is actually what was historically one role they split it into three so then they hired um like a white woman an asian woman and then a woman of color as well so then they kind of had all areas covered because i suppose you know maybe like a white woman might not know all of the different things that a woman of color will need in terms of cosmetics and different skin tones. And I did think that was pretty amazing for Chanel to, I'm sure there are other companies that have brought that in, but that was Chanel's the first one that I have heard of. So yeah, I thought that was, that was really cool. That is really interesting. I've actually never heard of any other brand doing that before. That's great insider information there, Kira. I know and and then you know when you start telling a story and you're like I don't know if I'm maybe supposed to tell the story but anyway (laughs) I have now. (laughs) No it is good good insight information there. So I guess moving on from looking at 2016 to 2020 more recent times they kind of took the approach of looking at innovative product development. So during this time Elf Beauty gained a reputation for innovation in product development and the brand introduced a wide array of beauty products from skincare all the way down to makeup and they were each designed to meet specific customer needs and notably they launched products like the poreless putty primer which we've seen all over tiktok which garnered a cult following due to its poor blurring effects i remember when this first came out and tiktok had kind of first come on the scene and it was getting really really big and it was like the only thing that came up on my for you page yeah the poreless primer I know and I haven't used it in in ages I feel like elf for me in all of the products that they do I do feel like they're primaries and I know poreless putty is like the cult favorite but I feel like just as a brand for me what stands out is their primers I feel like that's what they're known for Absolutely. Like I've never, I know I have seen they've come out with some Charlotte Tilbury dupes that are supposed to be really, really oh. good, like the Beauty Gasm ones and stuff. They're supposed oh, yeah. to be insane. But I, I do agree that they're probably most known for their, their primers. But their foundation was really good back in the day. I remember using that and it was brilliant. Oh, interesting. I'm definitely going to be going on a little elf haul after this. Yeah. It's kind of like with Benefit, they're known for the eyebrows. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like their cult hero products. Exactly. Yeah. 
No, I love that. And then moving on, looking at 2021 to where we are now in 2023, I think as most brands nowadays are doing, they kind of looked at sustainability and social responsibility. So in line with changing consumer preferences, Elf Beauty has placed quite a big emphasis on sustainability and also social responsibility. So the company has made many efforts to reduce its environmental impact through initiatives like using recyclable packaging and also sourcing sustainable ingredients. And they've also focused on being cruelty-free, vegan-friendly and aligning with growing demand for ethical beauty products. And I think this is no major surprise in the beauty industry. I think we're seeing a lot more brands kind of tap into how they can be more sustainable and how can how can they be more socially responsible. Perfect. Yeah. And I mean, I think even in line with the trends of what consumers are looking at, it is a really smart move for obviously a brand to become a little bit more responsible in that area. And I feel like consumers are demanding a little bit more of that from from brands. So I think obviously to be in line with where your consumers at and what they want to see, it makes obviously sense. But then you know doing it in a way as well that's not like greenwashing or just kind of saying you're doing all of this stuff but you know it's great to see that elf of course are are doing that okay well we move on to maybe some of their marketing activations um they've kind of got a few different key pillars that we're going to talk about i mean we'll kind of talk about a little bit of their key communication pillars and then I think obviously we'll dive into a little bit more of their social media stuff um, and maybe some of their campaigns because they've got some really really interesting ones for us to talk about Um, but kind of starting off and looking at affordable luxury messaging because that in itself is kind of hard to get right you know you because luxury is essentially Mm -hmm. most of the time we're talking about obviously a luxury experience within a product but you know also a not so affordable price point so I find that that messaging is also in itself just very interesting so one of the most significant marketing activations for Elf Beauty has been its messaging around affordable luxury the brand positioned itself as a provider of high quality products at prices that won't break the bank and this resonated with consumers who wanted quality beauty products without the premium price tag and I think we've already touched on this as well both of us have said when we were students and when we were um you know maybe money wasn't as flush as it was you know as it could have been um (laughs) and you are kind of wanting to especially if you are interested in beauty and you're interested I mean I don't know many I don't know many students who don't like to look good (laughs) um but you know maybe can't afford some of those more like premium designer brands I when I was purchasing Elf had never felt like I was buying a budget brand like and I think as I said to you it still felt like it had that exclusivity because it wasn't like it was in every high street shop it was like almost it felt like oh my god this is like that that big American uh, brand that I have now discovered that's in Primark but yeah I, I don't feel like it felt like a budget buy if that makes sense. 
So then we move into influencer collaborations, which I do feel is still so relevant to cosmetic industry um, in general. Like that was kind of, you know, the get ready with me and, you know, showing makeup. I feel like it definitely works very well with the cosmetics industry. So Elf Beauty Beauty has strategically partnered with influencers and beauty experts to showcase its products. So it collaborates with popular influencers and makeup artists that have enabled the brand to reach new audiences and leverage expertise to demonstrate product effectiveness. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about this shortly because it is very much integrated into some of their bigger, more viral marketing campaigns. But yeah, I think with any brand that kind of particularly launched in that era of 2004 to maybe 2009, 2010, I discovered a lot of the indie brands through influencers, like through watching them on YouTube. It was all the rage back in the day. When you think about it, I remember sitting down, you'd be having your breakfast, your lunch, whatever. And I was always watching Get Ready With Me's on YouTube. And they'd be really, re- do you remember? They'd be like 30 minutes long, jam-packed yeah. full of different things. Oh my God. I Sometimes I wish we could go back to those days. Those were the days. They were so yeah, good. I know they really were and you would learn about like all of the different products and then you'd be like making notes um yes and be like I'm gonna go do this I'm gonna like try all of this and then you spend like you know whatever or if they had like the bigger kind of more expensive ones you'd go find the dupes of them oh I'm a dupe queen at this point (laughs) I, I I love a good dupe. I think they're so good. But I like even I also learned how to do my makeup by watching these YouTube videos and using all yeah. of these products. Like that's how I learned how to do makeup. I think it's probably a little different these days. But I remember sitting down watching the videos and I'd have my little makeup brushes out and you'd be trying to do it. And then you'd go back and watch a clip for like the 100th time trying to make sure you yeah. get the eyeliner right or the eyeshadow right. I thought it was such a good time. Yeah, it really was. I'm trying to think if, I mean, I think Desi Perkins was always one for me that stood out. Um, she doesn't do makeup as much anymore. Like you say, it was, I suppose no. it was a different time. It was. She was really, really good. I'm also just trying to think of other. Zoe Sugg was like huge for me when I was younger. Yeah. I thought she was and I still do watch her vlogs today sometimes because I think she has that cozy element to her vlogs but Zoe Sugg was really big remember like Tanya Burr and all the really big UK YouTubers at that time like Naomi Smart oh my god that whole group was like so popular but then they really oh god you could almost do I know every topic is like god you could almost (laughs) do a, a case study on that but actually it was quite interesting because you kind of got to see basically this group of friends, but from every angle of it. Yes, exactly. They all Uh, had their vlog cameras out. So I'd watch every single video from every YouTuber to see the different angles. (laughs) It doesn't matter. I've seen that clip on Zoe Sugg's channel, but I'll still watch it on Tanya Burr's channel. That's so funny. Psychology behind that for sure is so interesting. But... 
Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, I did watch a little bit of Zoe Suggs back in the day. Do you know what? And you kind of hit the nail on the head there with the cozy element. It is just so wholesome. Like she is very wholesome. And, you know, she loves autumn. And now she's kind of moving into having babies. In my head, I'm like, she's still like 18. I know. But I think that's the nice thing as well. It's very... Her videos haven't changed since she started, really. She's always had the same kind of structure and her vlogs have always been kind of cozy vibes. And I think that's what people know her as. It's kind of that comfort blanket almost in a way. So that's I, I always go back to her. Every time when I'm just looking for a distraction, I'll go back and I'll watch her videos and it's like, oh my God, okay, it's relaxed time now. Okay, so interesting. Um... Okay, so yes, influencer collaborations. Um, then we're going to go into viral challenges and trends. So Elf Beauty has capitalized on viral challenges and trends in the beauty community. They've created their own challenge, such as Eyes, Lips, Face Challenge, which we are going to talk about because there's got some insane stats behind this. Um, but this is a, allows users to showcase their creativity when it comes to makeup looks. These challenges not only help promote the brand awareness, but they also encourage user participation and engagement, which, of course, it translates into like a strong community element, which every brand on social media is obviously trying to garner because strong community, of course, leads to sales, but it also kind of these people become you know, indirect influencers for you. They're going to be like the people offline championing your brand as well, which is, you know, all just great for any brand at the end of the day. And I think Elf, I didn't realize how good Elf had done this until we started researching for this episode. And I was like, okay, they're actually pretty insane at this. Just some other marketing pillars of note, um, charitable initiatives so the company has also engaged in charitable initiatives as part of their overall marketing strategy so for example they have launched the eyes lips face good fund to support initiatives related to education health and empowerment and this approach obviously then leads back into their greater social responsibility which is one of their core founding um missions frameworks whatever word you want to kind of put with it but like I suppose it obviously brings to life what their initial thoughts were I suppose okay we're going to move into the digital and social media part of Elf because obviously as a social media agency we try and look at like all of the marketing elements but this is the one that definitely excites us would you say oh 100% I'm always down for a chat on social media especially when it comes to different brands because they're all so different so I always think it's interesting to look at their different strategies which is why I love doing all of these case studies and do you know it's a when you look at their content right um it is a mix of user generated content you've got your influencers in there but you know influencers meets real people as well that mix is really healthy which obviously helps and you know positive reviews from their customers but then of course they have bigger marketing campaigns what I think I've noticed about Elf is their bigger marketing campaigns there's always an element of thought of how can we get the customer involved how can we get our community involved and kind of almost flip that traditional marketing of beautiful models in a in a shoot it's almost like putting the consumer as the face of the campaign 
which obviously is working really well. And I guess you could say they were kind of ahead of the whole trend of UGC content when we do look at those ads and stuff, the way they incorporated like your normal day-to-day looking people, I guess. They yeah. they were kind of ahead of the curve, even when I was doing research for it as well and looking back over the challenges and stuff that they've done over the years. It's always been customer first, which I think is really, really lovely. And that has not changed since they launched all the way back in 2004. Yeah, I mean, they're... So just to kind of look at their stats now... A lot of the, because we're going to do social stats and then I'm going to kind of talk you through just some of their website stats. For reference, um, we are looking at the brand from a website perspective from the UK angle. So it's the uk.co.uk. So rather than the .com, just because we are based um, in the UK. Um, So with their social following, they've got two Instagram accounts, um, which I think is so and the approach of its time. Like, you know, when any kind of bigger brands launched onto social, I'd say pre-2018, to be honest with you, pre-2018, it was all like local accounts. And then I think now it's really going yeah. for that, like one approach, one big footprint, So yeah, for me anyway, that feels very of its time. But anyway, Instagram UK account have 347,000 followers. Their UK, or sorry, their US account has 6.5 million. I mean, that is a big jump. Um, And I would say that the US was obviously the, the first one and they've kind of been driving a lot of their bigger campaigns for longer to obviously the US account. Um, TikTok, has one million so one would think that's a kind of combined global account um youtube 115,000 subscribers pinterest they have 165,000 followers on the platform but they have over one month one million monthly views and then facebook 2.5 million fans as well so the one thing as well that i had noticed when i do kind of like brand studies or we're doing audits or strategies and looking at some bigger brands there's always an element of one or two channels not being so active so like oh pinterest might not be like the pins might not be all that up to date or on youtube the the last video might have been seven to eight months months ago or whatever and the one thing i did notice about elf is they were quite consistent on all of their channels so there is obviously a clear strategy for each of their channels which is great to see like such a bigger brand doing that because as somebody who has worked for a big brand it doesn't always happen you know they're obviously priority channels and secondary priority but like even on youtube the last video was the last video updated was was four days ago oh really okay yeah and they do like content series um specifically for youtube as well that i didn't see kind of copied and pasted out into all of their different channels so i i really liked that approach of each channel had a purpose and you go to that channel for a specific reason which i thought was really interesting so then we look at their website stats and as I said this is really looking at it from the UK angle um, but looking at it from a quarterly view so we're as we're recording this episode we're halfway through August so we're looking at May, June and July stats so we take like three months um, and they had just under a million views slash hits to the website so we were looking at 921,000 um, monthly average we're looking at 307 
1,305 monthly views. So quite a high traffic uh, generator to the website. The average time for somebody to be on site for ELF is 3 minutes 49 seconds. And I would say that is quite high. And then their bounce rate is 53%. So not a bad bounce rate. Then we're going to break it down a little bit further. So channel overview. So where is all of this traffic coming from and how what does that look like? I always find this the most interesting part when we're working with a new brand and we do an audit and we look and see where their competitors traffic is coming from because so many people are like I'm not getting my traffic from social I'm not getting it from this but actually if you look at bigger brands the highest traffic generator is not going to be social which I always find really interesting yeah but yeah it but I also think And we're going to break it down in a second as well, because I think there's even a more interesting stat in this, because a lot of the time social media channels are designed to keep you in the platform for as long as possible. They don't want you going to other brand sites. So social media is about brand awareness and growing your community. And if the traffic to your website is not high, that's kind of actually a little bit normal even though people sometimes don't want to hear that um they're like oh we don't get traffic and I'm like social media is designed for the brand awareness it's not necessarily a traffic driver but anyway I'm moving off into a totally different passion point of mine but anyway we'll get back to um Elf Beauty but their channel overview so few main channels that we've got we've got direct um which are people going on to google typing elfcosmetics.com and going straight to the website they know the brand they know what they're looking for nine times out of ten i would say that's what we call a direct channel there then we've got email which is obviously anyone subscribed to their email marketing list you've got referrals which could be um press it could be influencers it could be um affiliate programs for example is a lot that kind of falls into referrals then we've got social which is exactly what it says from social media then you've got search um there's two different types of search you've got organic and then you've also got um paid search so organic is your search engine optimization this is your seo when people invest in um, content on site looking at keywords writing copy trying to attract um your consumer or kind of reaching new audiences by putting content on your site to what they're looking for giving them information um and essentially trying to do it in a way that doesn't cost you money the indirect cost is obviously the person doing your seo but anyway that's neither here nor there and then you've got paid search which is when people obviously then bid on certain terms so if you had in else case so yeah in else case you've got you might want to bid on the word primer for example so you want to anytime somebody comes searching for primer you want to be on the number one so you're going to bid to be your ad to appear on that term and then you've got display ads then which is kind of like your banners that come up on websites or um they're always on the daily mail and stuff or if they come up on like you ads on youtube videos things like that so how does this look like for l so direct makes up 22 percent of their traffic so in context that is 68,000 people coming to their website every month just from knowing the brand so 22 percent email is always i mean 
Emo's never high up there, but um, for Elf, it's, I think, particularly low. So it's 0.9%. So in numbers terms, that's about 2,766 um, hits coming from email. Uh, referrals makes up 3%, so 9,220. Social is 15% for Elf. Again, we're just looking at the UK. Um, that makes up about 46,000. Their highest is search. And I think most brands that I see and we do these kind of things for, search does make up a big part of their channel drivers because it's a long-term game. So if you invest in search, it's like, it's going to feel like you're not getting anywhere for the first year, but then it really starts to work for you. So um, 31% of Elf's uh, traffic comes from search, which is roughly about 95,000 people per month. Um, when you break it down into their terms that they're bidding on, you've got branded and non-branded. So branded are like anything that has their product name in it, anything that has like their brand name in it. Um, that makes up 41% of where they're bidding. And then 59% is non-branded. So they're going after general consumers who might not be searching for Elf, but they want them to be searching for elf so that's like your primers and your blushers and your more kind of um generic beauty terms paid search makes up 27 percent, which is eighty three thousand, and then you've got display ads which is about 1.5 percent, which is roughly about 3k 3000 people um per month but yeah i always find the channel breakdown so interesting i i found it really interesting there just listening to you like the email marketing that's really really low I didn't expect Mm. it to be that low I thought that was quite interesting yeah and I think it depends like for some brands email marketing either like it either really works for you or it doesn't but I think it depends on who you're targeting so with elf I kind of see them particularly at their price point I see them targeting more like younger shoppers and I feel like maybe email marketing is not where they're spending their time so their resource is probably more generated towards like let's pump it into social so I'd say maybe it's just like a kind of a standard approach to email but yeah it is really interesting isn't it it is and I really like those you know the search element 31 percent Branded 41%, non-branded 59%. Their stats are quite high though overall. Like when when you look at it overall, even the Pinterest, the 1 million monthly views, that's mm. really high. And like when you when you think of a lot of brands, I don't think straight away of Pinterest. So it's it's quite interesting to to see that there's a lot of people on that platform pinning their their posts and visiting their website and stuff from Pinterest. I find that really, really interesting. No, I love it. To kind of just dive into then where the traffic is coming from on social, because I thought this was very interesting. Again, I do just want to highlight before anyone is like, these numbers are incorrect. We're looking at it from the UK. So the the US stats might be completely different. Um, But for UK, when we look at their social traffic, the three social channels that are driving traffic for them are YouTube, Facebook and Pinterest at number three and in that order. So YouTube makes up 44% of their social traffic. Um, And remember, their social traffic is 46,000 hits per month. YouTube is 44%. Facebook is 24% and then Pinterest is 12%. 
uh, 0.39%. So you could probably round it up or down 12 or 13%. Um, so yeah, Instagram, not there. TikTok, not there. And you'd say they should be there because they're two, I mean, they're two of the biggest apps on the planet right now. They are, but they're designed to keep you in the platform. I have... That's true. I mean, like, I don't think personally, and I might not be in the majority of saying this, but I don't think I have ever, maybe not, maybe I can't say ever, maybe I have at one point, but for, I'd say most of the time, if I come across a brand, I don't go to the website I will save the video and kind of come back to it at a later date because I'm in the mind frame of I'm I'm scrolling like I'm not here to discover so if I see a brand that I'm like oh I like that I'll save it for a later date I'll save the video I won't go to the website true yeah that is true because when I'm thinking about it now I'll always see something on Instagram or TikTok that I like and then go into my notes and I'll make a note of it and then I'll come back later but I'll continue scrolling that is very true actually because it's of like a mentality of like what you're doing I don't think and I think Instagram used to be set up like that I think it definitely kind of allowed more I suppose a user journey to go to the website even though they've never been keen on it because obviously you know the link in the bio it's always been so difficult to promote like links but yeah I think even now with like going into the real section and TikTok and everything yeah I think it that's maybe something that brands need to maybe take on board a little bit more is like if the if the goal and I always say this to brands Sarah you know this like whenever we sit down mm-hmm. in the first instance and I'm like what is the goal for the brand because if you tell me brand awareness but you're also telling me traffic they're two different strategies and if your goal is brand awareness then you can't be measured on traffic to the website and I think that we we need to kind of remember these things and this is why maybe wanting a presence on a channel but it doesn't actually meet your goals you kind of always have to like connect the two so yeah I just thought it was very interesting um that yeah Instagram and YouTube sorry Instagram and TikTok (laughs) didn't even appear on the top three okay do you want to talk us through a little bit of their social media strategy sure so Elf's beauty social media strategy has obviously played a significant role in building their brand awareness engaging with their target audience and also fostering this quite deep I would say sense of community Their approach to social media has been characterized by creativity, authenticity, user-generated content, and strategic collaborations. And we're going to dive into them a little bit more now, starting off with UGC, user-generated content, which is obviously huge at the moment. And we, I mean, we are going to do a whole other episode on this, but just to go into LFC UGC strategy, they actively encourage its customers to share their own makeup looks and product ex- product experiences on social media platforms using branded hashtags like Elf Cosmetics and Eyes Lip Face. 
The brand frequently features UGC on their official social media accounts, showcasing the diversity of makeup styles and also highlighting real customer positive experiences with their products. And this strategy not only serves as a form of social proof, but it also builds a strong sense of community and engagement on their platforms. I don't know about you, Kira, but I personally love the rise of UGC content and I actually probably love it even more so than like influencer collaborations and videos and stuff at the moment. And I think that's because I have been doing a lot of research on it lately and I do think it's going to become an even bigger part of the beauty world, even more so than fashion. And I think, oh my God, I just think Elf have done it so well. Like when you look at their TikTok and their Instagram, it actually kind of is mostly UGC content over influencer collaborations and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's... um. I think we've put it down for the for next week's episode to to kind of dive into the world of user generated content and like the future of marketing uh social media marketing anyway um I love it I think it just gives like a real example because I think while I love like influencer collaborations and things like that I think we had reached a point of a bit like fatigue <laughs> a little bit where it's a bit like yes you know we've become a little bit skeptical to be like oh yeah sure she really loves that product it's you know it's just kind of churning out the same thing again and again um so yeah just churning it out again and again but I feel like with user-generated content it's just kind of brought back a little bit of like an authenticity to the content which I think people just enjoy because it also is real people or sometimes it's the real people might be from a social media agency, for example, like we do use user generated content, yeah. but it's just like real people using and trying a product and it's just a little bit more, and I know I said the word already, but authentic. It is 100%. And I think sometimes as much as I love influencer marketing, I really, really do. I just think it's it's fantastic and it's what really built the beauty industry in a way and and really helped grand brands to grow but I also think having that more down-to-earth element of UGC content like it's nice to know that Mary down the road enjoys the products so now I'm going to go out and I'm going to yeah. give it a go and see what it's like because sometimes influencers and I hate to say it but they're getting paid a load a load of money to to do these videos so is it going is it their real review or are they just doing it because they want the money i know that's probably controversial to say but it is yeah. true in a lot of cases whereas i think with ugc creators it's i don't know it's just more normal it's more authentic as you said and i think it kind of draws me it draws me in more anyway to content and i know it does for a lot of other people mm. And I mean, this kind of comes on to the second pillar within the Elf social strategy, yeah. but it is, they they are quite active with their influencer collaborations as well. So they do align themselves, like we were saying earlier, with the kind of the bigger influencers, the bigger YouTubers. They're still very much in that space, but they just tick like both boxes, I think. And we're going to talk about after this, um, three of their like most viral campaigns and 
yeah, they have one campaign um, that actually combines UGC and influencer collaborations as well, which I think is very interesting and one that I can't think of many like other brands that have kind of done it in this way to this extent, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I guess moving into influencer collaborations, Elf Beauty strategically partners with influencers, beauty experts, and also makeup artists to create content that showcases their products for them. These collaborations really help to extend the brand's reach to the influencers' followers who do usually trust their recommendations. And influencers often create tutorials, they'll do product reviews, and they'll do just really fun, creative makeup looks using e.l.f. products, I guess, showing just how far a makeup product can go. And this serves as an authentic endorsement, and it also engages their audience. I think actually it's quite good to have a balance, isn't it, of influencer collaborations and then also your your UGC. Maybe it shouldn't be one or the other. A, a balanced approach is quite good, which I think is is what Elf have done. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And like, look, influencer collaborations from a marketing budget, you know, they're not cheap, especially yeah. when they're going after like the bigger beauty names, which, you know, it's it's silly money in some in some um situations but it is harder for like smaller indie brands to kind of come in and try and do that approach now but that's where UGC can really be like your front runner until you've kind of got bigger budgets to invest in influencer collaborations and influencer collaborations it always comes down to finding the right partner for your brand because you do get some people who were like oh I partnered with this person and then it didn't work and I was like yeah. we, we could do a whole other episode on just that topic of like what you should be looking for the approach to do it and I actually think we had a really good episode on influencers in the old podcast um yeah. so maybe okay. it's worth maybe it's worth like recording another episode but um yeah you could there's a lot in it there's a lot of different parts of, of this episode that we could actually end up doing a whole episode on Kira is what I'm kind of figuring out here <laughs> I know I know there's so much to talk about there is I guess moving on to the trend and challenge participation element of their social strategy Elf Beauty actively participates in trending challenges and beauty industry trends on platforms like TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter, which is also now known as X. They create their own challenges, such as the Eyes Lips Face Challenge, encouraging users to showcase their makeup skills using Elf products. And by tapping into these trends and being ahead of the curve, the brand increases its visibility and also engagement among the younger audiences who are active on these platforms like TikTok and Instagram. Do you remember when this trend came out, Kira? Were you, did, did you catch it? Did you see it when it first came out? And what did you think of it? So it's really interesting because I feel like I kind of missed this one when it was in the moment. And I think when, then it went on to become obviously really big. Yeah. But I 
think I kind of missed it when it was first out. And I mean, I suppose it's probably a good time to kind of dive into that challenge now and, and maybe just kind of talk a little bit about it. Um, so it's the eyes, lips, face, um, which was primarily on TikTok. The challenge was a major viral campaign initiated initiated by the brand. The TikTok challenge invited users to create short videos showcasing their makeup transformations while syncing the actions to the catchy eyes, lips, face song. Um, I'll actually play that song in a minute just so people can, it probably like, well, they might not know what we're talking about and then they'll hear the song and be like, oh yeah, I know that one. So participants would transition between different makeup looks as the song lyrics mentioned each element, eyes, lips, face. The challenge went viral with millions of users around the world creating their own videos using e.l.f. products and participating in the trend. The challenge not only showcased the brand's products, but it also tapped into the growing popularity of TikTok and encouraged user generated content as well. So that was kind of like the challenge, what it was. Um, I mean this went so viral like I mean one of the things that they wanted to do was attract like Gen Z attention but then this kind of actually broke some records in terms of looking at virality they got loads of um unsponsored celebrities included in it so such as Ellen Lizzo Reese Witherspoon Kevin Hart Patrick Starr Jessica Alba um the pussycat dolls like I mean there were so so many so this went on to become the most viral campaign ever on TikTok with consumers contributing nearly five million user generated videos I mean that's your content strategy for life like imagine five million videos just being generated it became such a pop culture moment um, that the song then, because it was original music recorded by the brand, it became so popular. It was then released on Spotify and iTunes and DJs started playing it in clubs and it racked up 20 million plus streams. Absolutely insane. I know. Then they doubt they released a music video on Vivo and that was in partnership with Republic records so some stats that we've got for it so most um most every user generated videos in a tiktok brand campaign it's got the fastest ever tiktok campaign to reach 1 billion views it's the first ever ad to hold the number one trend spot on tiktok it's the first ever tiktok challenge with original music um the song hit number four on spotify's global viral charts and people added it to 300,000 spotify playlists the media coverage passed 1.5 billion impressions including coverage from vogue rolling stone bustle buzzfeed vox adweek and forbes all i'm gonna say is whoever the marketing team is here in elf we need to have a talk because oh my god are you looking like are you looking for a job um let me find where the videos are hold on we can find some examples Like that is insane that that, um, yeah, 1.4 million posts on the official audio, but you know the way sometimes then there's like other audios. 
so after after the viral eyes lip face trend that went around the brand then went on to launch the elf tiktok native reality show so how do you top the most famous tiktok campaign in history is i guess a question a lot of us were asking after the success of the eyes lips face famous elf cosmetics challenge they wanted to continue to innovate and disrupt the industry all while deepening their connection with their fans and elf is always looking for ways to empower its community so they developed the eyes lips famous to help aspiring tiktok influencers reach their dreams faster winners of this contest got to participate in a beauty camp where they were mentored by three of the biggest names in tiktok beauty the show ran for a month and on elves tiktok's channels it basically amassed millions of views and energized the tiktok community as they cheered on the winners so there were 3300 submissions a 57% growth in followers and 38 million views. Crazy numbers there. I think, did you watch the show, Kira? No, I actually didn't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I actually didn't watch it either. I didn't watch it either. But I mean, what a cool way. Again, I guess it's kind of a way of, it's bringing that community element into it again, which is really, really smart. They're growing their followers. They're getting people to try their products. People are loving their products. People will shout from the rooftops about their products. Such a smart move. It is. And I mean, like we were saying a while ago, like obviously their big goal is to foster a really thriving community and their initiatives always put the community at the heart of it. And I think that that's something to really be admired like they really stay true to that absolutely 100 percent. and i mean as you said it's it's literally remained the same since they started community is at the heart of everything they do and i guess that kind of leads into beautyscape do you want to talk us through that yes beautyscape so another one of their kind of viral campaigns beauty beauty escape was a unique campaign that combined influencer collaboration competition and community element i mean tick 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 for all the for all brands that they want to do um elf beauty partnered with popular beauty influencers and content creators to participate in a multi-day challenge where they competed to win a spot on the elf beauty squad and a cash prize i believe this happened actually in the bahamas and i believe the cash prize was like fifty thousand dollars so i mean it was pretty up there in terms of Uh, you know getting people involved and them wanting it the influencers were tasked with various creative challenges such as creating makeup looks based on specific themes using elf products the campaign not only generated buzz and excitement with the beauty community but it also showcased the brand's products in innovative ways through influencers creative interpretations so Again, you've got like big names such as Frankie Grande. We had Desi Perkins there and it did just generate like such interest. And I know that, um, you know, the impressions and the views that it got from the back of that. So like you're kind of talking in an era of like a year, they really take their campaigns in and run with them through social so it's like getting the community involved creating challenges I think they do this in a way that like you know you can tell that it's such a strategic 
integration into their marketing strategy and it's not just like off the cuff let's like just try things like there's there's money thought everything gone into it a a huge marketing budget there Kira when you think about it absolutely yeah oh my god such like so so smart though and they were kind of ahead of the curve in all of these things yeah no definitely a lot of brands have kind of tapped into have tapped into that now, but Elf, I mean, pretty much started it all. Mm. And then we've kind of got their third one, which is the Eyes, Lips, Face, Good Fund. Serge, you want to tell us about that? Yes. So while this was not like your traditional viral challenge, the Eyes, Lips, Face, Good Fund is a really noteworthy example of a socially impactful campaign that gained a significant attention on social media. So in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, Elf Beauty launched this initiative to support organizations that were providing resources and relief to those affected by the pandemic. So for every public post on Instagram using the hashtag EyesLipsFaceGood, Elf Beauty pledged to donate $1 million to the fund. And this campaign not only demonstrated the brand's commitment to social responsibility, but also encouraged user participation and engagement by tying their social media activity to a very meaningful cause. And I guess all of these campaigns showcase Elf's Beauty's ability to leverage trends. It shows like the creativity aspect and also it allowed social media platforms to engage their audience and build a really strong community of people online. And by combining user-generated content, influencer collaborations, and also socially conscious initiatives, the brand has successfully crafted campaigns that resonate with consumers and also contribute to their brand's image. Um, Just to quickly jump in there, Sarah, you said that they donated one million to every time. Yeah. It's one dollar. One dollar. Because when you said that, I was like, that is very generous. Imagine. <laughs> no. Okay. One dollar. One dollar to the fund. One dollar. I went a little overboard there. Yeah, one dollar to the fund, not one million. I, but I was like, you know what? You were in <laughs> such a flow. I was like, I'm just going to let her go. Um. Perfect. Okay. Well, I mean, so that's kind of like talking about their viral challenges. We There was so much more to talk about with their social media strategy. So we were kind of looking at behind the scenes content, interactive content where they do like polls, quizzes, Q&A sessions, how they kind of humanize their storytelling as well, um, consistent posting schedule and obviously customer engagement and like visuals there's so many things um but what we've done is we've kind of wrote up the piece as well and we'll share that on the show notes as well because honestly I think this episode would be about three hours if we were to dive into it so we can't kind of talk through absolutely everything that they do but we will share it of course in the show notes which the link will be in um the information on today's episode but I suppose in conclusion um for elf beauty i mean i think it's made its mark in terms of the beauty industry in so many incredible ways with their innovative marketing strategies embracing new channels i think it has to be said i mean to go like there's still so many brands who are figuring out what to do on tiktok just as one example and they they have owned it like they've gone in and become like the most viral brand there ever their affordable prices um 
as well to kind of add into the mix that kind of affordable everyday luxury I think they do it very well um what would you say is kind of your takeaways from from Elf Beauty absolutely I think I think they've done a fantastic job I was just thinking there you know when we talked about them adapting to TikTok and stuff I'd actually love to see if they're on Instagram threads and then see what they're posting on there I think that would be quite interesting to see how they've adapted Mm. to that channel that is interesting I actually didn't even look at threads when I kind of was looking at where their presence are I'm sure they are but you know what maybe we'll do a little update at the start of next week's episode and we can we can follow up with that one but yeah that'd be so interesting and also to see like what they're using exactly because no because that literally that literally just came to my mind there I was like oh my god I wonder are they on threads so it'd be really interesting to see how they've adapted to that and I think the brand has also just showed us the importance of being ahead of the curve with these platforms and being innovative and being creative and just going for it by being strategic yeah and and you know dare I say thinking outside of the box as well and I know that's so much easier said than done it's like give me something different but they don't just follow what other brands are doing there's true like innovation there which I think is very admirable absolutely and then again it's been customer customer first and I think that's really really important in this day and age where sometimes like you can get lost in the beauty industry I think for them, it's always been customer first. It's been very much customer led and it will continue to that to be that way. I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. Amazing. And we'd obviously love to hear what, you know, the listeners here think about Elf as well. If you if there's anything else that they've done that you have really admired, definitely let us know. Also, if you took part in the the, the viral challenge, yeah. we want to know as well. Send your share your videos with us um that'd be really cool but yeah I hope that you've enjoyed this slightly different episode I really love doing deep dives on brands so I really loved this topic and if people like it as much as Sarah and I enjoyed researching it then absolutely we can do more as we said Charlotte Tilbury is definitely on the agenda but any other brands that you would like us to do a deep dive on of course let us know um i think we'll wrap it up there for this week as always thank you so much for listening sarah thank you so much for recording the episode with me (laughs) it's been a difficult one to record but we got there in the end i know a lot of tech (laughs) issues in the background but anyway we will um be back next week and yeah if you like what you're listening to please rate review subscribe tell a friend and we will speak to you next week Thank you.